You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us.net and all of the shows on it are hundred percent subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to one of us.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. And welcome to one of us's review of the last black man in San Francisco, uh, otherwise known as the MAGA American Dream. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, kids. There's more than one that's still well, there. Too might, bad for you. It might also be the the, the dream of of uh, every uh, multi billion dollar startup in uh, uh, San Francisco <sighs> at this point. Uh, which well, is, you know. Has, if you have been paying any attention to current events, has been going through a, a, a wave of gentrification, which has uh, you know yes. basically driven everybody interesting out of the city. Yes, we know this uh, in Austin well, because they moved here. Yes, unless you're unless you're a crazy meth addict and uh, are used <laughs> to using bathroom outside. Oh, in which case, you know the world's your oyster, and you're welcome anywhere. Um, and uh, the advance buzz on this, which and I, I kind of purposely annoy, avoided, like watching a trailer or anything like that. The advance buzz on this is uh, uh, very, very positive, but that it deals with gentrification, and so I was kind of expecting. I don't know what. Maybe, maybe something a little angrier. Maybe something a little bit more along the lines Ripped from of the sorry, headlines. Uh, well, or or even more of the 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 kind of. Not necessarily the surreality, but the uh, the the like f- fire in the belly that uh, something like uh, 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 you sorry, wanted Spike. Sorry, sorry to yeah. sorry to bother you. I mean, uh, I expected yeah. Spike Lee, and I got Wes Anderson. Uh, yeah, and definitely like the the words that were going through my head when I was watching this was uh, the the lyrical haunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was catching a lot of. Uh, there were there were moments in this that reminded me of a very intimate new Hollywood style yeah. movie. How mm-hmm. Ashby, like I thought about how Ashby's the landlord a lot, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. came up uh, uh, immediately. Another weird combo I was thinking on it too. It felt like Terrence Malick at times. There was like some real like lyrical. Yeah, was, like, yeah, but before before we go into that, oh, I'm Bo. I'm Marco. I'm Alan. And, and and here we all are. Yeah, like uh, you know, and I I often get in the, the you know one of my well-beaten drums as the Terrence Malick does po- does poetry when everybody else is doing prose. <laughs> and this felt there are more poetic elements of Which kind of speaks to it. Like, I was expecting a similar thing with the gentrification angle, something like something very like self-righteous. And I don't mean that in a negative way. Sometimes no, movies do that. And it, does suck. and it sucks. Yeah, there's, it's a complicated issue. It's way bigger than any individual or specific neighborhood. It's a huge... <laughs> Global socioeconomic issue, and I think this movie. I thought this movie was going to go into it and like fuck this, tackle it head on. Instead, it's like a very like beautiful tale of like how what do you do when like you feel like your city and your culture and things are kind of like out of your grasp, and like where you are, where you fit into this world. I, I, I think you, the 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 like you know the thesis 
of this movie has uh, to do with with attachment and what our attachments make of us mm-hmm. and, and what like and well, that's what, a lot that's a lot what gentrification is about for sure it, and how much because people that are are you know the the new people that are coming in versus the people that are like no I have my my blood is in the soil mm-hmm. yeah and also uh, like you know, ooh, how much I don't that say blood and soil never mind <laughs> how much that story that we tell ourselves about those attachments actually make up ourselves like where does that yeah. end and we begin and, and that we situation. Should- we should dial this back just a little bit because we should actually explain what's going on we here plot-wise. Uh, this is a uh, feature debut by uh, a band named Joe Talbot, uh, apparently a fifth-generation San Franciscan. He co-wrote this uh, with uh, one of his best friends, a guy by the name of Jimmy Fails, who plays a character named Jimmy, Jimmy Fails. Fails. Yeah, and very personal. Perhaps it's a little bit uh, autobiographical, I don't know. but it, he's According I, to I, him, know, it is. But they... they Went through something similar to this, yeah. and uh, there's a the, the the movie does not go out of its way to offer a lot of exposition. You're you're introduced to these these two people, uh, two men. Uh, where you're never really, you know, it, it, at first you're like, are, are these bro- are they brothers? Are they they are you know are they lovers? Are there something more like that? And as it turns out, they they are they're just very close friends. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jimmy has been. You know, they they kind of live on the the outskirts of San Francisco, yeah. uh, near the the you know kind of industrial section of where the the, the docks would be, huh. uh, you know, near where where the the, the port is, and they are uh, they are Jimmy is regularly going into town to provide upkeep for this you know uh, uh, beautiful they, Victorian beautiful gingerbread Victorian, yeah the house. one of the old ladies of San yeah. Francisco and and he is you know helping keep the keep it in trim and, much and to do, the dismay of the current much to the dismay yes. of the current owners yeah. who don't know him from Adam and right. they're he's just this strange black guy who shows up and performs maintenance on their house and they're they're kind of none too thrilled about it but on the other hand they're they're like very ensconced liberal elite types. They're like, well, man, we don't want to call the cops. We don't want to be that guy. So they're, they're kind of locked into this, you know, thing where it's like every now and then he shows up and he's like, you know, you really need to water the garden. And they're like, fuck man. Okay. (laughs) Uh, And you know, the, the reason behind this as it comes out is that according to Jimmy, his, uh, his grandfather, Built the house by hand, like he he right. they didn't didn't have an architect or anything. He came back from World War II and bought a lot in a, a neighborhood that had a lot of Victorian houses in it that were formerly occupied by uh, the, the the Japanese population of San Francisco before they were shunted away into concentration camps by the American government during World War II. Yeah. And he built the house, you know, kind of to spec to fit in with the neighborhood. Yeah, and you know, it's clearly been this. This legendary thing in the family that has been this sort of heirloom. The house is itself in the air, the heirloom, the pride and joy of the family, but they have apparently uh, fallen on hard times as we find out that Jimmy had spent some time in a group home. Uh, his parents have clearly had some issues with drugs and running with the law, and he's kind of rebuilt his life with the help of his best friend, uh Played by an actor I'm not familiar with, uh, Jonathan Majors is Montgomery Allen or yeah, Monty. 
I I think he he was a, a like what was Jimmy White guy? Uh, some sort right of, boy, yeah, right boy, white boy, Jimmy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Something that's like kind that. of been his only major thing. But he's got like about four or five things yeah. in the pipe, and which well, if, if he's been watching this, advances of this. He's got chops to yeah. to break the band. This is where it kind of falls into the Wes Anderson groove because the character of Mont is so eccentric. He's clearly. He he's is, on the spectrum. He's a bit on the spectrum. He's gay. He's a playwright. He's a brilliant uh, illustrator. Is he gay? And yes. maybe, I think it's a little bit uh, coded there. But even though that's just, that doesn't mean that there's a gay relationship between him and Jimmy, he just recognizes another sensitive individual who accepts his eccentricities. And together, they live in this tiny little place uh, that belongs to his Mont's grandfather, played by Danny Glover. Uh Eventually, yeah, what is it? Like Danny Glover fell off the map for a while. Now, I've yeah. like back to back two days in a row. Danny exactly, Glover. and I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, he's a treasure, and we need to see more of him. And anyhow, at some point, it be through some kind of machinations, the ownership of the house falls into dispute, and it temporarily, at least, becomes available and raises the question of ownership. If, it's if like, not available, vacant. vacant. Available available to squat in at the very Yeah, least. but again, I never think that Jimmy feels like he is squatting. No. In his mind, this is his well, by right. And it's a sad thing, because he, he visits a white realtor that he kind of knows and, and finds out about it, and they, they bring up something that, you know, is a very depressing fact about San Francisco Place, where, where people are paying, like, literally, you know, Millions. Two, two, well, two to three thousand dollars a month to live in a closet, uh, a literal closet, uh, yeah. and, and you know the, the property values are, are in the, the 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 millions. Uh, but there are, there are empty houses. There there mm. is empty housing all around San Francisco. It's but it's but no know, one can afford to actually live it. Afford to actually live there. Yeah, which is kind of the opposite problem Austin has currently. I think uh, in that there's a housing shortage and. Well, uh, well, yes, again, <laughs> but again, this is one Airbnb. of the, uh, this is one of the interesting. Well, again, it's all these San Franciscans who've been displaced. That yeah, I've actually met them. They're like, this place is so cheap. I'm like, it was it until was. you it moved in here, but that's not your fault. Uh, you're just another person in the world trying to get by, and that's an attitude that this film takes, which I appreciate because as much righteous anger as Talbot has. As much as he delves into issues of like, you know, institutional racism, gentrification, and all of these other hot button issues, he doesn't ever dwell on any one in particular. Uh, this, the whole story has a very vignette kind of loose feel. Mm-hmm. It's and, refreshing that there isn't like an arch villain, re- villain right. representing like this yeah. entrepreneurial tech. Taking over your cities. Right. There's never like a person who's twirling. Right. There's, there's the not. There's not an antagonist here. Yeah. The the protagonist's journey is kind of against himself, and it's yeah. just like I want this house. And, and this even, house is what has meant the most to me throughout my yeah. entire life. And, and even the characters who are, we could say, are somewhat, if not antagonistic to Jimmy, are are, are obstacles he has to get through. Yeah. The, the writer-director always allows them a shred of humanity. I mean, even the kind of opportunistic landlord gets the dignity of having at least one, more than one dimension, even if he yeah. is ultimately a grasping, greedy dude. Uh, and that's the thing that really appealed to me about this movie. And more than anything, the Wes Anderson side of it, people tend to think of Wes Anderson as just a, a specific style, uh, a series of visual tropes. 
And to me, the thing I've always liked about Anderson's uh, films is that they generally don't have an antagonist. And even when there's an asshole character, by the end of the movie, that character is either redeemed or at least, you know, we feel like we understand them. Or he's teamed up. Or he's the, teamed the, up with the, him. The yeah, and it's a world he's... like, you know, we can all get along and, you know, we're not always villains. Even even like the street corner bullies or, you know, the obnoxious uh, aging yuppie couple who own the house that are trying to stop Jimmy from getting it back. They never feel like villains. They're uh, all they, just like, they're all they're existing people. in this world. Yeah. That, and then they're all, they're all going through the same thing in a yeah. way, just on different spectrums and different places of that. But they're all fully lived in lives, which yeah. is, is refreshing. It's like what I was talking about with that. Attitude that could be taken, like the self-righteous, like pointing yeah. the finger thing, which there's definitely po- fingers to be pointed. Sure. But this movie isn't necessarily interested in that aspect of this. I mean, it's smart enough to know that not one individual person is at fault. I mean, not one individual uh, per gentrifier. There isn't a single gentrifier. Gentrification is something that's done in the plural. You could look at one guy who moves into the neighborhood and you go, eh, okay. Suddenly, lots of people move in. Well, who do you blame? You blame the first guy to move in? No, he just moved in because the prices were good. He didn't know everybody else was going to follow. So, I mean, I do appreciate that because this could have been a very simple melodrama. And I honestly thought that's where it was going at one point. Like, we're going to put on a show and we're going to raise money and we're going to kick the evil landlords out. You know, we're going to buy the house yeah, back. Which this movie been, takes a more complicated approach. Yeah, and it, 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 it's weird because I think there there is, from the beginning of this movie, there, there's there's a certain element of surreality, you know, a yeah. little bit more in the, the forefront than the, the back end. But it never, it, it doesn't fall into fantasy land. No, uh, never and, fully. And, like, yeah. gets a toe in. It gets they, a toe in yeah. just to, to kind of make it feel like, this is a story, we're telling you a tale, but, you know, it, it plays by the rules. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, I've, I've, I always forget the name of the poet, but, you know, that old line about real toads in imaginary gardens, and that's kind of how this feels to me. Right. You know, even though there's the world is allowed to be a bit fanciful, these people always feel like they're real and lived in and could all exist, and... I admire the fact that the filmmakers give them all a little bit of agency and dignity. Uh, yeah, I really, I really like this movie, and we haven't even talked about the rest of the cast. I mean, but I do think Jimmy Fails, Jonathan Majors, Danny Glover are standouts. But uh, Mike Epps, man, Mike Epps, big ups, Mike Epps. Comes in and steals one scene real easily. Jello Biafra. Yeah, Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of little. You know, it's it's interesting. Like you know, it's obvious how they got Jello Biafra to be in this because he is you know kind of the 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 the, the tip pole guy of San Francisco when it comes to the 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 cutting edge, but. uh, yeah, there's Which there's, there's, there's Thor Birch, and there's there's even an unbilled uh, famous person who I won't mention, yeah. but uh, was 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 in there, and and uh, yeah, there's like, and even even when the person is, is kind of unknown, you kind of feel like you're watching some kind of cameo. Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> it, absolutely. You feel like, like that. even if I don't know who this is, like San Franciscans are yeah. pro- probably going to go. It would be like an Austinite scene Leslie pop up in a movie, I, I, and you go, I, oh, I know yeah, that guy. I, I really feel that. Uh, you know, and also I, Rob I, Morgan's in this, and he's a character actor I just enjoy. More and more, yeah. The more he, I see him, he he really does a a, a wonderful performance in those as uh, Jimmy's dad, you know, ne'er do well, James Senior. Most people playing the family members, the extended family members here are, are really good. But then, yes, there's there's a whole group of uh, you know kind of bully bad boys that, that live around uh, uh, Montgomery and his grandfather's house, and uh, uh, you know they take a 
situation that could be very, very, you know, either parodic or, or so, like, so set action that, that you've like, I've seen this a thousand times right. before and they, they just, you know, turn it into something that you've never seen before. Mm-hmm. They really engage the, the characters as human beings. Uh, yeah. I mean, you yeah, see that part, I, I not this, that part, I'm not going to spoil because yeah. that's kind of deeper into the movie. Sure. Sure. But that's one of the few things where like, I, I really did love this movie and I think it's really ambitious. Yeah. And, like going out there, but there are a couple things where it, Gleans into the melodramatic a little, never yeah. fully right all the way. Roll my eyes at it. It pulls it out and it makes something new out of it. Yeah, but there are some some things that happen in this movie later on that I feel like it gets close to territory I've seen before, and a movie that was like nowhere near something I've seen before, mm-hmm. so it sticks out more. Like, yeah. which is surprising, but it's not. It's something that never. It doesn't make the movie better, in my opinion, but it doesn't really harm the movie either. No, I mean you know, the loose it's a diversion, but it's not. Right. I mean, the, the loose structure allows for these little diversions, mm-hmm. and sometimes that makes the film feel a little bit overlong. But for a debut feature, I always give a lot of credit to a director who is not only doing something for the first time, but is coming out swinging for the fences. And if they fail through excess ambition, that's better than lack of ambition. And I think some of these other little sidelines and tangents where he kind of lets it get away from him is... From that excess mm-hmm. ambition of I'm going to throw this in too exactly yeah and some of, some of the stuff doesn't fully work but it never harms the larger right. thing that he's making it never like oh these diversions are too much the movie loses its path and it sucks now and that never happens no. you know? well it, it, it sounds like we're we're kind of geared to get into the final yes. plot okay, so yeah. Alan since you already got the floor I'm going to go ahead and toss it over um, you mm-hmm. yeah so yeah discontinuing on that there are like I was saying those diversions but they they never heard it it's never so egregious that it's like what are we doing here like you're losing me here and it does go he has a lot a lot of things to say um most things or all things are said well um yeah like like marcus marco was saying the ambition is always i always reward that over playing it safe or being very like preachy or having this like it's a very passionate or a passion project you could tell i mean the main actor wrote the story and it's His name is his name. Yeah. His real name. Like you could tell, it's very personal. And to put this much artistry and it's so beautifully told and subtly told for a subject like this, it's really impressive. I will go eight out of ten randomly directed real life scenarios. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I'm going to reiterate some of what Alan said. I do think that uh, we have a case of a director uh, who is. Always the great thing to see in a first-time director, that that attitude of, I'm going to go for it because I may never make another movie again, so I'm going to put everything I've ever wanted to do in this movie, and I think largely it works. Uh, This was a welcome uh, breath of fresh air. I was expecting a polemic, and I got something that was a lot more nuanced and also a lot funnier and warmer, and also that never skimped on any of the challenging issues that it was confronting. Uh... It's early in the year yet, but I do think this is the kind of movie that people will be start uh, be talking about come the end of the year lists. Uh, so yeah, I highly recommend it. I will give this movie eight and a half out of ten three-eyed fishes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really think that that we're 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 getting into the this really incredible point in African American cinema uh, where we're we're just getting so many. Uh, cool viewpoints uh, that are discussing matters that 
you know, hopefully we as Americans know that we've needed to talk about for a while and that we are doing it. Uh, and we're, we're exploring it through different methodologies. I mean, obviously I brought up a, sorry to bother you, which mm-hmm. is, you know, uh, way more of a one, two, three, uh, punch yeah. combinations to, uh, certain, certain of those problems. Whereas this, uh, you know, we, we mentioned Malik, and I, I wouldn't go that far because I, I don't think it's meant to be interpretive so much. But it certainly feels it, it feels lyrical. Uh, the the it, it there's definitely a story there, but it's it's not out to uh, be an outright confrontation. It's it's uh, more like it's it's uh, it's singing you its song, and uh, you know there there are definitely uh, moments of, of of real poignance here. Uh, which, you know, it, it, it never feels, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to say that, that it's, it's not fighting because I, I, I think it is, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, more of a, a process with the osmosis as you, you, uh, enjoy what is really a very beautiful movie. Not, not only in terms of the way that it's shot, but, uh, just in the, the, the story elements there, there's, there's a lot of pathos here, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, pathos has kind of getting gotten a lot of short shrift lately, but I like it, and uh, I think this it's better uh, than pathos. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think this uh, this movie does a, a great job of utilizing it. Uh, just bang up cast, and for a, a first effort, this is a, this is a grand slam. I mean, really out of the park, and yeah, I definitely think this is going to creep up on a lot of uh, uh, end of the year uh, lists, and so. Uh, that's about it for that. And what's your score? Uh, my score would be uh, I am going to give it eight and a half out of uh, ten obscure Victorian household features. <laughs> <laughs>